if I'm a mom and I already am kind of struggling with making good, healthy choices, I have to still be responsible for how I show up with my daughters and teach my kids, whether that's, hey, you know, mommy feels really good when I move my body and I need to do a better job at eating more broccoli and making sure that I'm moving and like staying young and active so I can be around for a long time. Like, I think we need to have those conversations with our kids so they can grow up to understand that health is important. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. (laughs) And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. Hello, and I'm Edward Copeland. Welcome, welcome myself. That's it. All right. No, that's not it. What are you doing right now? (laughs) What are you doing right now, Logan? My five-year-old nephew. Tell Auntie what you're doing. (laughs) I just want to let everybody know that Eddie is spelled with an I-E. Okay. Is that your what in the world? Yeah, my what in the world is people spell it with a Y. Explain. There are people who spell my name. And you know what? I understand that Eddie is sometimes spelled with a Y. I get it. Oh, how but often, though? Not often at all. Uh-huh. Have you so ever met someone? E-D-D-Y? Yes. Who? Yes, I, I haven't met someone, but I've seen the name for some, like, you know, different people that I, I know of. Okay. But it's not the default. The default is E-D-D-I-E. I-E. Right? Like mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy. Okay. Like Eddie Munster. Mm-hmm. Like... Yeah, Eddie, whatever. Well, thank you for this PSA. <laughs> Why do you seem so high? You know, every time we do a video or a TikTok a lately, you say, "Why are you so high?" I think you need to come to the realization that my torso is much longer than yours, and so if we're sitting on a bench next to each other, I'm going to be taller than you. That's not true. So we meet people in person, like, you know, people that have taken our course and then we see them in person. They're like, wow, Eddie, you're a lot taller than I thought. Yeah. You get offended. Okay, people out there, I am 6'2". I don't care what this camera looks like. It looks like you are slightly taller than me. I think you're on a hill. We got to get this house checked out. I think the house is uneven. I think it's your torso. It's not my torso. You're shrinking as you get older. No, I'm not. Also, you said you're 6'2". Yeah. You should be taller. <laughs> you should. Your dad was much taller. Your brother's know, much that's taller. So, that's triggering. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's that's shouty. That's, that's <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, oh my God. Do you have a, a, another what in the world, sir? Okay. My what in the world is this. All right. All right. Let's do this. This is kind of late. This is going to come out late based on what's going on now. Okay. But what in the world is wrong with Kanye West? Hmm. I mean, we have highlighted him in a documentary. We've showed praise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been a Kanye apologist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people don't like his ego. I think it's great. I think that, you know, we need people in the world that kind of spice things up with their originality, their mm-hmm. free thinking, whatever the case may be. But the, you know, the white lives matter 
shirt, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, during fa- fashion week. I mean, it's to the point where no one has talked about the fashion for that week. They only talked about the, right. the, the, white, the, the T-shirt. And now he's gloating about the fact that his T-shirt stole the show in, during fashion week, which is more, I guess, like a That's fashion That's pretty month. egotistical. Par for the course, right? right. But I think that... But yet you still have his back. No, but or I, think the, I think here's the thing. I, I think that he is in his own right, he is a genius from a standpoint of music. I think now he's gotten to this place where he may be lost, right? Okay. I mean, this is a, one of those things where this shirt, and I, and I know that people listening to this feel a certain way about like Black Lives Matter or BLM. Mm-hmm. I understand the things that go around like, that are said about those organizations, but the 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 idea of Black Lives Matter is something I think that's super important. Okay. Right? Especially when you think about the fact that it has that those the lives of black people have not mattered to the same extent as other people in this world. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think it was important to make that that it that clear to people that hey, our lives matter. Right. Yes. But to wear that shirt in it, it just seemed really distasteful and it just seemed like it was out of pocket. So I just wanted to, I use your phrase out of pocket. I asked okay. my wife, I said, well, who uses out of pocket? She said, okay. a lot well, of people do. Can I clarify? Yeah. I was never team Kanye. <laughs> I just, we recorded episode 133 of the Push podcast and it's called the Kanye Confidence Code 10 Tips to Help You Build Insane Kanye Liked Confidence. Right. I, fully endorsed that episode because we kind of depicted and pulled out so many things from 20 years ago when he was manifesting all this stuff. So if you're struggling to build a business, to build some confidence, to get out of your comfort zone, definitely go listen to episode 133. I fully endorse that. Right. Still love his music. Not a fan. Yeah. Not a fan. Yeah. You make poor choices, then, you know, you're left with less fans. I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know. What is your verdict? Are you still on the fence about him or are you like, I, I can't support you anymore? Well, lots of hip hop heads, lots of artists, lots of people are like, can't do it anymore, bro. Sorry. They, I think they, from what I've gathered, like me, people can say I, this is indefensible, right? It's mm-hmm. one of those things where you can't defend yeah. this position or the or wearing this shirt. Um, so I think that most people are taking this approach. They're saying they don't condone it. They still like, under, like, still love him or think of him as a genius, and probably will still listen to his music, mm-hmm. right? But I think now people are getting to a place where they're just like, I'm just not going to give him the space outside of music in my life. Well, here's a question for the listeners: Do you separate the artist from the art, or are they kind of both hand in hand? So, like, we got R. Kelly, which, you know, <laughs> we have canceled, right? Right. Because that's unforgivable. Those are unforgivable have, continuous have, expense or it, offenses, right. right? And then we have, you know, his art. Right. Which is undeniable. Like, I mean, for decades, right. we were stepping in the name of love. We were, there's so many. I, I don't even want to give credit to them, but there's so many that it's cringeworthy. Every time you hear one, you're like... I got to turn that off, but damn, that's the jam. Right. And now we have Kanye. Do you separate the artist from the art? Because I feel like we still do that with him. I think I, to me, I think it comes down to what has that person done, mm-hmm. right? So if, if the person's done something that is so terrible. Mm-hmm. That, Sexual assault, children, that sort of thing. Right. That bringing their music up brings more harm to people mm-hmm. than good. Then I think that I think you can't separate on. them. 
I think if a person has gotten to a place where like Kanye, where you just are saying it's, it's almost like the clown in the circus. Like Mm -hmm. he's just trying to steal the show. And someone said very articulately, like, I think it was um, Dwayne Hughley, or is it DL Hughley? DL Hughley. Mm -hmm. He said, "There's nothing wrong with Kanye. He has no problem signing deals with Gap. He has Mm -hmm. no problem signing deals with Adidas. Like those things happen out of clear mind and clear Mm -hmm. conscience. So he's not the claiming the crazy thing is not going to fly. I thought that was appropriate. Yeah. Um, I think now it's one of those things where it's like." Hey, I'm, you know what? I'm not even giving the space, mm-hmm. right? I'm not going to defend him. Like, hey, if he comes out with a great album, that's great. If he doesn't, I'm, that's good. But I think when it comes to separating, it's tough. I don't think that, I think that your music can live without you unless it does harm. Okay. If hearing the music hurts people, and I think R. Kelly's music can hurt people. Yeah. All right. You, you know, Let's what do you think? On. I feel like we shouldn't talk about him anymore. Okay. I mean, I just feel like, I agree with you, though. Like if the music is kind of causing harm, like it's I feel like it's inappropriate to support him at this point. Right. But Kanye I will West. say, no, I'm oh, talking about R. R. Kelly. R. Kelly. Yeah. Uh, Kanye, I I'm not going to wear a Kanye shirt. That's for right. sure. I'm not going to talk about him anymore on my podcast. That's for sure. What about but, Bill Cosby? Um, Bill Cosby. I just found out I was yesterday years old when I found out all of the Cosby episodes ever in history were like pulled off of the earth. (laughs) That is offensive. Like really? Okay. I think that the Cosby show was one of the best shows of my childhood. Like there was always a great lesson. It was, you know, a minority family that was winning that you just like, God, she's a a lawyer. Like these kids are going to college. Like the parents talk to them about important issues. So you think the that show was formative was than for me. Him personally. Um, I think we all have to pay a price now for his indiscretions, and that hurts. Mm. But I just found that out the other day, so yeah. I'm still processing that. Yeah, I don't you know. probably can find it on YouTube. Somebody's probably recorded their TV or something. Yeah, but like, <laughs> why do we have to go through all of that? Like, I don't know. Is that an appropriate offense? I mean, maybe he was making royalties every time it showed. I don't know. Then what happens to the other artists? I mean, he wasn't the only person on the show, right? right. So what happens to Claire Huxtable, to Sandra, like all of them? I feel like I don't know. That's a lot. Yeah, and I think it's it goes. It's almost like like we have a, situ- a situation now where freedom of speech, right? So you have like Twitter, and you have all these different social media platforms, and so now you have like these decisions these companies make to de- basically deplatform people forever. Mm-hmm. And I guess the question is, is that the right thing to do? Like, for example, Trump has been banned from Twitter mm-hmm. indefinitely. Right. Is that... Well, the, my bias will come out Right, but but if you remove He's your harmful. bias, if you yeah. say the worst that a person does is mm-hmm. harmful. harmful. So I think it comes back to, is it harmful? Yeah. Well, then Kanye probably will be, should be banned. You think Kanye should be banned? I mean, the words are harmful. <laughs> but that's, yeah, and it's subjective. And so I think some people find that that shirt was very harmful and, mm-hmm. and maybe that would suggest something. To, but the, I think the biggest thing is, it's like, do you take people off of platforms forever because of something they say? If it causes more harm than good, then yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's just an interesting argument because I think we're going to be dealing with that for a long time as people continue to voice how they feel and, and what they believe, we may run into a situation where, you know, the freedom of speech from a standpoint of gets infringed upon. We get infringed well, upon, okay. Right? So that brings me to Cardi B 
what there's a blogger that was talking crap about Cardi B, saying all this inappropriate stuff, like her husband cheated on her. Right. Uh, she had STDs, like causing all of this, like trash talking, causing all of this, like heartache for Cardi B. Cardi B sued her and won the case right. because she proved that she was missing out on deals. It was causing her. Uh, emotional distress and I think rightfully so yeah because you can't just be saying whatever the hell you want to say like there needs to be some receipts some facts and I feel like if it's harmful to someone else and they want to take you up legally then you should be accountable yeah. for that yeah so I think you have to be accountable for your actions yeah I think so too and I think that we're gonna we have these public squares that we call Twitter Facebook Instagram where now they are the platform like we not we don't necessarily meet in person anymore and exercise our freedom of speech. We now exercise it online, online. but we have to know that there's going to be consequences, if, especially if what you say damages someone else. Yeah. Right. So, so this kind of leads me into our topic for today, which is like things that we don't talk about, but we desperately need to talk about because <laughs> some of these people are talking about stuff that they just should not be talking about, mm. right? But mm. This conversation is things we don't talk about, but we desperately need to talk about. So I have six things um, and I'm going to tell you what they are. So sex is one, mm -hmm. particularly sex with kids. Money is number two. Uh, critical race theory or anything about racism we don't want to really discuss. Uh, number four, emotional intelligence or managing your emotions. We don't really want to talk about that. And then five would be your weight. Mm -hmm. And six would be death. Mm. So let's just, dive can we, in. Can we just rephrase it? You're talking about sex, talking to kids about sex. Well, what else would I be talking about? Well, well you said sex with kids, the way you said it. So I was just trying to clarify that. Oh, yeah. Thank you for clarifying <laughs> that. Like, sex, talking about <laughs> sex with kids. So, right. <laughs> so let's dive into number one. I think that one of the most important things that we don't talk about, that we desperately need to talk about is, by the way, time out. This conversation is a combination of all of the conversations we've had in the last like two or three weeks. Yeah. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. And so this particular one, we're talking about why we don't talk about sex with kids. And I think that we're in an environment where if I had a son mm -hmm. and he was three or four years old, I would want very early, probably way before that, to teach him about his private parts, to teach him whatever you want to call it. You want to call it a penis. You want to call it whatever you want to call it. But I would be teaching my son not to let anyone touch him, as well as my daughters, right. and to protect his private parts, but also to never touch someone else's private parts. Yeah. And the reason I say this is because we're our kids are growing up in an environment where now more than ever they have access to the things on the internet like porn that they didn't have 20 years ago. So 20 years ago when you were a young boy, let's say you're 9, 10, 11 years old where maybe you stumble across a magazine that maybe had some inappropriate pictures, right. maybe it woke up your hormones, right? But now we're hearing so often about little boys finding stuff on YouTube and then it's waking up their hormones. Their parents have not talked to them about their body parts or what to do. So now what does the little boy do? The only little girl he has access to are maybe cousins mm -hmm. or sisters. Mm -hmm. And so I think that we need to do a better job in today's society of talking to our young kids 
about one protecting their bodies yeah. and not letting people touch them or violate them. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think and this we, is a tough conversation. It is. it is. For those listening, you might be like, oh, whoa, the push podcast went <laughs> just there. Went there. The yeah. reason why is because we often remind you guys this comp, this whole podcast exists because these are conversations that we find enlightening that we're having outside of the podcast that every single time we have conversations where like this, we're like, this is a topic for the podcast. Yeah. Like other people yeah. need to come into this conversation. So we wanted to spark this. I know it's uncomfortable, but I did it with my three daughters. Like you can attest to the fact that I taught them what their private parts were. Yep. I told them no one should ever touch them under any circumstances. Right. Not you, not an uncle, not a friend, not a girl, not a boy. It didn't matter because I wanted them to have like dominion over their body and their private parts. Yeah. And I think we needed to do a better job of teaching our kids to respect their bodies and to create boundaries for other people. Yeah. And it's tough because, you know, I think a lot of times people approach it from a standpoint of shame. Mm -hmm. Right. And so whether people use some type of religious doctrine or, or something where they are fear, where they'll, they'll have this conversation but it's really about hey you know you don't want to do this because you don't want to be sinful mm -hmm. or you don't want to do this because you don't want to you know disgrace your family whatever the case may be and what the problem with that is is that now you have created shame with someone's right. body mm -hmm. instead of it being what you're talking about is awareness right right you're trying to get people your the kids to be smarter more aware but also to have a personal level of boundaries and protection of right. themselves where i think a lot of times it's it's taught or it's communicated in a way where you know if you allow this to happen or if you allow your hormones to get to this place you're doing something wrong right right and so that's a tough thing well i had a conversation with a friend about you know he has a son that's like 9 years old and i said have you talked to your son about protecting not only his body parts, but others. And he's like, well, why would I do that? So I explained this whole thing to him. And I'm like, you don't know what he has seen, you mm -hmm. know? And if you don't teach him now that like, hey, these are things that, you know, grownups do and like kids should never, ever touch other people's private parts, then what would you do one day if you got a call from like a friend's daughter's parents or something? They were playing innocently, but now the parents are coming at you because your kid inappropriately touched his cousin, a little girl, whatever. And he got so stressed out, was like, I can't even think about this. Like, you're right. I, I, I haven't equipped my kid to understand what's appropriate and what's not. And yeah. so that's kind of the point of this is like understanding. And, and trust me, this is not fear led. This is right. not like we're trying to instill fear in you, but we're trying to say like your kids should learn about sex and their private parts from you. Like, right. I think it's your responsibility to not associate shame to not give them fear, but to also make it appropriate for them to say, mm, I don't really want you to kiss me on my mouth. Right. Mm, I don't really want to play doctor with you. Right. Please don't touch me on my stomach. Like right. we need to teach kids that that's okay. Yeah. And I think that that that's a tough thing that people have a tough time with, because I think that you think about what the approach is. And so this person takes that approach and goes to that nine year old. How does he approach that conversation? Yeah. Right. And I think that that is super important. And I think that that's where you need to talk with someone about like, hey, how did you approach this conversation? Right. What did you say? 
I don't want them to be shameful of their own body. I've asked three people in the last week about whether they talk to their kids about these things. And they're like, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Mm -hmm. So that's why we're talking about on the Push podcast, I think. And then, you know, the same friend has a daughter who's Mm -hmm. 12. And he's like, yeah, I kind of left that up to the mom, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, we have to do a better job as a family about talking about this stuff because we don't want to wait till it's too late. Right. So that's kind of like number one, talk about sex with your kids. Yeah. And I think I, it, how would you approach it? Do you think, would you have a strategy of saying, cause I know you have had that conversation. Yeah, I, I think I did a fantastic job with the kids uh, when they were younger. I mean, Jasmine was maybe three when I was like, these are your private parts. Like this is your vagina, whatever you want to call them. But nobody should ever touch you inappropriately. Right. The doctor should touch you only if, you know, one of your parents is there. Your daddy should never touch you inappropriately. And then I even went as far as to tell them like, and if anybody ever tells you you're going to be in trouble or they're going to hurt you if they tell us, you tell us because then that means it's wrong. Yeah. Okay. Tell you like, it's not a fear thing. It's just like, I want you. you, And you almost, you're communicating from a standpoint of saying, it's because it's yours. Yeah. Like this is your body. Like you have control of your body. You, you know, as you get older, and this is obviously as they get older, so maybe the nine-year-old and a 12-year-old, you say, it comes down, it's your consent whether you want someone to touch you Mm -hmm. at all, Yeah. right? And so I think that that is is important. But if you skip that and you don't have that conversation, then I think kids now explore this world of, you know, sex on their own. But what we've always talked about is with the only uh, the, the the only opinions and the only suggestions and the only expertise they have is their best friend. Right. Which knows nothing right. or as little as you. 100%. Yeah. Okay, so moving on, the second topic that we need to talk about more especially with kids, I think at an early age is money. Mm. And I think that um, we're told and taught, I say this because we're, you know, going through coaching with our Passion and Profit students. When we ask them, like, what comes up for you when you think about money, they say, you know, it was instilled in me that money doesn't grow on trees. There's never enough. It's a scarce thing. Money's the root of all evil. And so we've been kind of talking to many thousands of students about this over the years, knowing that our money stories came from our parents, too. And I heard this podcast the other day, this money guru, I can't remember his first name, but he's from Japan. His last name uh, is Honda. And he said that he tried to instill in his daughter about money, that there are so many great things that money can do. So he said, we can give to the world with money. We can help out and be charitable with money. Money allows you the opportunity to get smarter. Money allows you to bless others. He's talking about just like, he wanted his daughter while she was growing up to associate money with giving and gratitude and charity and abundance. And so even when money was short, they weren't like, oh, well, we're broke. Mm-hmm. We're poor. Mm-hmm. Right. Putting a label on it. So he said that he was teaching out of school and this six year old boy, he said, you know, hey, what is Santa going to bring you for Christmas? And he said, oh, Santa's not coming to my house. And he said, why? And he said, oh, because we're broke. We're too poor. Santa doesn't come to the poor neighborhoods. And the man, the guru, was like really sad. And he said, how how do you know that you're poor? And he said, oh, my mom tells me all the time. Mm. That will stay with a kid forever. Yeah. And I do think that we need to teach kids about value and, you know, hey, this is something that costs a lot of money. Daddy and mommy had to work really hard for this, so we want to take care of it. 
But I also think that we could do a better job of teaching kids how to be charitable with their blessings and their money and then teaching them that if we want more, we can just go out and earn more. Yeah. I think that the the sad thing is, is that some kids will take that story and say, oh, my God, money has always ruined things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Money has always been an, an impediment to my happiness. If the man wasn't holding me down when it comes to, you know, making money, then I would have a better life, Mm -hmm. right? Because what you're saying when you're telling your kids we're poor and you're not necessarily following it up with some type of explanation of how we got here, then you're not empowering them to to know that money is is an equation, Mm -hmm. right? If I contribute, if I create value, I will attract it and it would be generated, Mm -hmm. right? But I do think that some people look at it from a standpoint, like either you have it or you don't. Right. And that's kind of where they leave it. And then these kids grow up not having the understanding that it comes from, hey, if I create a tremendous amount of value in my life, if I contribute to the world in some way, then money is attracted to value and that's how I earn it. And so I yeah. think it's, just, it's having that conversation and changing the money story, even if you're not doing well. Yeah. And I could just think back to when we were not doing well. We never told the kids we were broke. We did tell the kids like, hey, mom and daddy don't have a job anymore. So we're going to have to kind of change some things. Right. But it was never a panic. It was never a a title. It was never a I want them to carry this burden because we're going to be struggling for the rest of our lives. It was we have to say no to the things that we want. So that way we can kind of save for the things long term that will really benefit us. right? Right. And so money, I think, is one of those conversations that you have to ask yourself, like, what money conversations or beliefs am I instilling in my kids that they will carry on that will stifle them about money for the rest of their lives? The next thing, number three, is race, racism, critical race theory. And this comes from the fact that I saw a TikTok the other day. It was an older, not older, probably mid-40s white guy. And he said, um, someone explained to me critical race theory for the first time that made sense. And I wanted to share it with you. So he said, it's like playing a game of Monopoly. Bunch of guys sit down, bunch of white guys, they sit down, they're playing Monopoly. You know, you pass, go, you collect $200. This is how much the properties are, whatever. And then, you know, the story, Mm -hmm. right? Tell it. Yeah. So basically, you play a monopoly, you play a couple of rounds, everybody's got houses, everybody's got properties, everybody's got all the ownership on the monopoly board, right? And then you say- There's all only right. a couple shitty properties left. Oh, yeah. And then you say, uh, you know what? This is not right. We should invite some other people to the party, right? Okay. And so those people have color, <laughs> join the party, mm-hmm. and then they- they end up playing Monopoly, but every step they, they, every place, every property they step on is already owned. And not only that, you got to pay a fee. You have to pay taxes. You got to pay taxes. So my version of the story on TikTok, they said they were kind of getting bored. And all of a sudden, some black people came and said, hey, can we play? And they're like, yeah, no problem. You can play. But since you're joining late, there's an extra fee. Mm-hmm. And... By the way, most of the properties are taken. So if you land on our property, you got to pay a tax. And now you can only rent, right? right? You can't really own real estate. So the game continues to go on and on. And then over time, you know, those white guys, they get tired of playing. So guess what? They pass all their property and all their monopoly money down to their kids. Mm-hmm. And the kids over time say like, oh, hey, do you want to come play with us? But they realize at some point, oh, the black people don't really have an adv- a fair advantage here because all of the properties are taken. Right, right. And we keep 
charging them a double rate every time they go past go or whatever it is. And so I just thought it was such a a cool video because he said, if I'm in my mid 40s and I can like wake up like this, then I think we got to do a better job of explaining things and also being able to listen. Yeah. And the crazy thing is that someone is listening to this and listening to that and, and in their mind, they're rolling their eyes. Mm-hmm. They're saying, oh, my God, like the critical race theory. And they're not even entertaining the conversation of understanding a perspective that, that maybe it's their resistance to because maybe they are thinking to themselves, well, I feel like someone else was playing on that Monopoly board before I got here, mm-hmm. right? And so- Well, yeah, but for 400 years, right. there were no black people playing <laughs> Monopoly. Right, but I think the key thing is is, is first, this like the whole premise of this is that you start to have the conversation right. and you're open to perspectives that- Maybe you feel like are not necessarily re- related to you because maybe you're struggling and maybe you don't feel that advantage. Mm-hmm. But I think when you start to have that conversation and you start to say, oh, okay, well, even though I feel like, like I'm not doing really well or I don't have the money, I still don't have to deal with the fact that people discriminate against me because of the, the color right. of my skin. And so when I go to try to make my life better, I'm not saddled with this idea that because I am not a fair skin that, you know, that I don't have the same capabilities. Mm-hmm. Right. So those are the things that people really need to take in consideration. Oh, I just think like, you know, we're talking about like slavery and all of that stuff and history books are being rewritten. Why? Because we have omitted a lot of stuff from history books in the United States. And I have come across a few people that are like, they're trying to turn people against America. They're mm-hmm. trying to just teach our kids to hate America. This is why there's no more patriotism. And I just go, well, shouldn't we teach the facts, though? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, there's a way to do it and kind of take ownership and say, like, hey, this is actually how it happened. But thank God we learned from this and we don't do this anymore. Well, my question is always, what are you trying to preserve? Like, Mm -hmm. because people talk about the fact that we don't necessarily acknowledge Columbus Day anymore. It's more of Indigenous People Day. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you have people who are really upset by that. And I'm like, but what are you trying to preserve? Right. Right. Are you trying to preserve this idea that this person stumbled across this new nation and or this new this new land and did it all in peace? Right. So I think that that's the thing that I, I always wonder. So if you listen to this and you're triggered and you're saying, oh, my God, I can't believe I, I, you know, Columbus Day is something we've always celebrated. We don't always have to celebrate it. Right. The meaning of it has changed with more information. Right. Well, just like everything in this world has changed because of more information. We stopped smoking cigarettes on airplanes because of more information. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we tried sometimes we we get committed and we're 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 so focused on on tradition mm-hmm. that it's harmful. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've had this conversation with your dad and we talk about the statues of of Confederate soldiers mm-hmm. and, and we have this dialogue. And I'm like, but when you preserve that, what are you also saying to the people that those people harmed? Right. right? You're saying, yeah, the history of what they did matters more than the consequences of their actions. I think it's just like we have to remind people that like when you know better, you're supposed to do better. And we must not have known better when we put up those statues. Right. Well, the people who put them the statues right. were the ones who wanted the statues. Exactly. Right? So we didn't know better when we were like, "Oh yeah, Columbus Day, let's celebrate." Right. right. And so I think that we should be open to the idea of like there are new facts, there's new information, but maybe these are the same people that are not open to the facts that like new information about COVID came out, like when we learned more about it, 
And then these people were like, well, you know, they told us that it was contagious and we had to lock everything down. Look, that's a shit show. I'm like, okay, well, we were learning about the disease. Like, why is that so hard for us to understand that things evolve and things change? And with more information that you gather, you gather more facts and then you're able to make better decisions. Yeah. It's because we don't want to have a a conversation. Yeah. Which we're having now. That's why these are things that you should talk about. All right, moving on to the next thing. Um, number four, emotional intelligence and managing your emotions. So this comes up because several times. Yesterday, I went to the Toomey store. I had to take back a piece of luggage. It got broken. I was in a wedding. We were in a wedding last weekend. Every time I see somebody I haven't seen in a long time, when I go to the Toomey store, like they were like, oh, how was your trip? Every time I tell somebody that we lost our, they lost our luggage, the airlines lost our luggage, and we went for two weeks without luggage, They say the same exact thing. You want to know what it is? I would lose lose my my shit. (laughs) I would lose my shit. What did you do? I hope you gave them, you know, a part of your mind. I hope you told them a piece of your mind. I hope you, you know, called customer service and cussed them out. I'm like, no, that actually wasn't something that I was even thinking about because while I was on vacation, I was just thinking about the fact that we spent so much to go on vacation here we are, we're safe, we're all together, and we'll just have to figure it out yeah. because I'm not going to waste my whole vacation on hold with customer service, cussing at somebody that had nothing to do with losing my luggage. Right. And so I think that we have to talk to each other in a way that opens up dialogue around, well, why would you lose your shit? Mm-hmm. Because I was telling someone today, like, I try to put out into the world what I want to come back to me. Right. And I'm a business owner. I've owned a couple of businesses now. We've made mistakes. I mean, I have been in a car accident with someone's wedding cake and the wedding cake is destroyed. And, you know, sometimes you get a customer that's really understanding. Hey, I'm so sorry. I'm just glad you didn't die. Um, And sometimes you get a customer that's like, you ruined my whole entire life. This I've been looking forward to this day for my whole entire life. Okay. Do you think I fucking wanted to ruin your wedding cake? No, let's be like sensical about this. Right. And so. I think we need to do a better job, especially within our households, of calling people out on things that warrant a freak out or that, you know, we should talk about and be like, well, is that really how you want to be treated? Do you want someone to lose their shit on you? Because like I said, if I would have called customer service, that's not actually the person that lost my luggage. So I don't know. It's just yeah, something I mean, that comes the, up for me often. It's something that our kids, as they get older, they notice about adults, mm-hmm. right? Jasmine uh, said it and, and Kayla said it too. Like, I thought adults were above like temper tantrums. I thought yep. adults, especially when you start working, like Jasmine works with people mm-hmm. all the time. And you realize that adults are no different than kids. They just have bigger bodies and the same brains, right? right. Because- what what ends up happening is it's like something bad happens and you want someone to pay for it. Yeah. Like it's that's revenge. That, is that's what it, it comes down to. Yeah. Like my anger, now I need to transfer it in, in, to you to make you pay for whatever is, has happened. Yeah. Even though it may not change the outcome. Mm-hmm. It's and so I think that that's the emotional intelligence piece of like, like, okay, especially with your kids, how do you handle adversity? How do you handle things that, that occur? And let's talk about like what's the way that you work yourself through that. And what we're not saying is this: is we're not saying you can't feel emotions. You yeah. can't. We're not saying you can't be you know disappointed, upset, mm-hmm. mad, feel sad, them. angry. 
all those emotions are human. They, they're necessary. We need those emotions. But what we are saying is, is that once you feel the emotion, work yourself to a place where you're not projecting on other people, but also now you get to a place where you can have a clear head and a clear mind to work yourself a solution. The things work out for us, even though they are tough, is because we get to a place of like, what, what matters most right now? Right. Well, what matters most is that we ha enjoy this vacation. Mm -hmm. We will figure out the rest. Yeah. Uh, not having our luggage is not something that we should lose our shit over because all that's going to do is start to stack and compound and worsen the situation. And so I think that that, that emotional intelligence, understanding the environment, understanding the, the, what matters most is super important. I think people miss that. And I think we just need to do a better job of holding ourselves accountable, particularly in front of our kids. Yeah. Like you are teaching your kids what is an appropriate reaction for this level of, you know, disruptance. Yeah. And I just feel like that's something that like it should come from your parents. Yeah. You should be able to say, hey, I think that it's understandable for you to be upset and disappointed about this. And let's talk about it in a productive way. But you throwing things, cussing people out, being rude and disrespectful. That's not how we want our family to be represented. Right. right. Period. Yeah. And I think that. There are ways to, I think what's funny is because I don't think people realize, but when you really lose it, one, a couple of things, people are, are now resistant. Now we're in, we're in a fight. You catch right? more bees with honey. Right. We're in a fight yeah. now. Now you are trying to damage my, you know, mental well-being mm -hmm. with your actions. So that's, that's, that's the one of the things. That's but, how you get kicked out and refusal of service. Right. 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 You act a fool. Now I'm not going to help you at all. Yeah. And it's just like this demonstration of like, of actually like having a fit. You're like, you throwing know, a tantrum. Throwing a tantrum. Mm -hmm. And I think what what happens is like I pay attention to people that are very like they get to this place where they're articulate, but they're very firm and stern mm -hmm. about the fact that they're disappointed. That impacts me more than someone screaming because yeah. now I'm so distracted by how you're acting that what you're asking for is no longer being heard. I'm so distracted by your lack of maturity that I I just I've lost interest in actually helping you. Right. Because if you think it's appropriate to disrespect me, I'm just I'm not going to help you. And some people are willing to compromise their own dignity mm -hmm. and their own the perception of themselves because they think it's effective to get their way. So yeah. what I mean by that is that people are listening right now they're saying, "Well, every time I lose my shit, I get my way." Right. But at what cost? Yeah. At what cost? At, at the cost of like being seen as a person that's irrational at a cost of being seen as a, or or actually role modeling of poor behaviors in front of your, your kids, well, and like showing them how to th then you wonder why your kids throw right. tantrums. Right. Yep. So we were at Corner Bakery last week, remember, and yep. this woman ordered the same breakfast bowl that we ordered that had uh, bacon in it. Mm -hmm. So she gets the bowl, she goes and sits down and then she comes back and she says, this has ham in it. And I ordered bacon. And they look at her and they're like, okay. And she goes, look at this. This is ham. And I saw it and I was like, that's some thick bacon right there. <laughs> By the way, bacon and ham come from the same animal. So what would it matter? But so I'm sitting there just out of curiosity. They said, okay, we'll remake it, right? Two young girls might yeah. have been their first job at Corner Bakery. I look at the menu and you go, I don't think they sell ham. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't think they have ham right. at all. So I couldn't like let it go. So I go up to get our food when they call us. And I said, hey, just out of curiosity, do you guys sell ham? Nope. And they both started laughing. They go, nope. Nope. I said, well, why didn't you tell her that that was bacon? And they said, because some people, they just don't listen <laughs> just and they don't, don't care. 
I said, well, the problem is, is like you're going to replace it and she didn't really deserve to have it replaced, right? right? Like you could have just told her, ma'am, you know, if you take a look at our menu, we don't even have ham. Like that's just a thick cut bacon. (laughs) And then she probably would have went and sat back down. But now like we've enabled her to act like a fool. Right. And now she thinks she's right. And I don't know. I guess I'm just more interested in proving people wrong. But (laughs) I would have definitely been like, yeah, we don't even sell ham. And it was funny because in unison, they were like, okay, no problem. And And I think it to myself, I'm pretty sure I did not see anything that Nothing. said ham on the on corner the bakery doesn't sell ham. And so, but you know, I, it was interesting that they didn't even engage that. Well, so, they have been trained to just like not. We're just not going to participate. <laughs> we'll just make it again. We don't even want to argue with you. They didn't say more than two words to her. They were right. like, okay. But I rem- it was funny. Speaking of being trained, when we were traveling, we we're going through the whole thing around um, Italy. We went to Dallas, and I was booking our our flight and it was super late and a lot of the um the folks working behind the counter were very like were sitting behind the counter and, and you know and they weren't really working i mm-hmm. guess they were leaving and some lady came and said what are y'all doing over here and she mm-hmm. worked there too and they said oh you know we're um getting ready to leave he said you can't be here it's not safe and i was thinking it's not safe yeah <laughs> but but it's I, not safe because people will go off on you. Right. Well, apparently. Well, kind of as they should, though, because I'm standing in line to be helped. There's 15 people in no, line and four of you no, are No, there was no one here. there because it was super late. It was only me and one person that was helping me. Uh-huh. So it wasn't like they were ignoring anyone. But what she was saying is, is that because people lose their shit all the time mm-hmm. and during mm-hmm. travel, mm-hmm. that it's not safe for them to be there without like security. And, and it was like the lights were even like mm-hmm. dim. And so I thought, Wow, like for them to be thinking about their safety yeah. in a place like that, like it, this is a regular thing. So they, they definitely have like been mentally trained of saying, yeah. "Hey, we can't be here without." That's the right. a tough job, though. Yeah, that's like tough. you have to be responsible for telling people, "Sorry, your flight got canceled. Right. Your flight's delayed. You're gonna miss your wedding. You're gonna." Okay, I, I didn't do it, but I'm the messenger. Right. So please calm down and be nice to me. Right. Again, right. going back to we should talk about <laughs> emotional intelligence. So moving on to number five, this one I think will be pretty quick because it will be triggering. But can we talk about weight mm. more with children? So we're hanging out with my brother, my stepmom, Robin. And I just remembered this story that she shared of the fact my brother, Jared, was like three years old. They were in a grocery store and this woman um, came up and was like unloading her groceries right behind them in the checkout counter. And she was really overweight, Mm -hmm. severely overweight. Like he had never seen anything like it. So Robin found herself like kind of trying to move his head and turn his head. And, and so he was just, kids will say the darndest things. And I mean, rightfully so they don't know a lot of things. So everything is like born out of curiosity. So, the lady sees like my brother looking at her and, you know, my stepmom's trying to like turn his head and he goes, mom, why is that lady so fat? Mm-hmm. And she goes, Jared, like she's trying to tell him, like, don't say that. Like, that's not nice. And the lady snaps and says, why is your kid so rude? And she's like, mm. well, I, I, what would you like me to say to him? Because I don't know why you're so fat. That's what my stepmom said. <laughs> and she was upset about it. Right. And she goes, you're calling my kid rude. He's a three-year-old kid. He doesn't right. know. He's never seen someone that looks like this. Granted, I don't want to get canceled for this. Like, there are lots of people who are struggling with their weight. Yeah. But also, like, 
know that this is coming from a child who's never seen someone of your size. So why would you attack a child? Right. right. And so I just think that like, Weight is something we have to talk to children about. Like, I don't think you should say, hey, just to let you know, there's going to be really fat people out there. And that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying, like, we should be okay talking about our weight if it's something we're struggling with, if it's mm. something we're trying to get under control. Like, that woman could have politely said, I understand why he's asking that. You know, like, I'm having some health issues, blah, blah, yeah. blah. She could have bent down and really been kind to my brother and, like, taught him that everybody has different size bodies and, you know, like... Yeah. We're not supposed to be shameful, but I'm buying healthy groceries because I'm trying to work on it. Like it could have been a beautiful conversation, but instead she said, why is your kid so rude? Right. And then there was shame around it. My mom was already shameful that he said it. And then she just said, fuck it. Like, why are you? What do you want me to say to him? Why are you so fat? Yeah, because I think her response was not appropriate, right? Because I was, when I was a kid, my mom tells the story all the time. I said the same thing uh -huh. and, the, and the person didn't respond that way, but- I think what we're saying is like talking to kids about health, which we talk to the kids about like nutrition mm -hmm. and exercise and all those things growing up that I think a lot of parents don't, especially if the parents themselves struggle with weight. Yeah. Right. So that's my question. This is going to be very triggering for people. If you as parents, let's say both of us are struggling with our weight and let's be real, like people like to say, oh, this is genetics. No, you know what's genetics is that your parents ate like shit. They taught you how to eat like shit. Now you have the same habits. That's genetics, right? right? But you could come from a family that was really in shape and very fit, but you don't make good choices with your health. And so right. you are you don't have the same type of lifestyle, same type of body. The point is, is my question is, is, let's just say that we were both overweight, mm -hmm. struggling with our health. How does that impact the children we bring into the world? Yeah. And is it fair? And I don't know the statistics of that, but I would say it was probably overwhelmingly, I would say over probably 70% that it's more likely that your kids will probably struggle with weight mm -hmm. uh, or their overall health. And I want to say to women, like we feel when we feel good about our bodies, we have more confidence. We're willing to like put ourselves out there. We are happier, right? We know that about ourselves, which I think is one of the reasons why women are always like, okay, I got to go down a diet. I got to start a diet on Monday. I got to do this, but the right? thing is, But also, there's, they do that, but then there's also shame built around it. Because one of the things, just like when we were talking about kids and, and, and talking to them about sex, anytime you build shame into anything, then you're also going to build prohibitors of actually improving it because you're hiding behind the reality or the right. truth or the facts, right? Mm -hmm. So if you know, being in the fitness industry, I remember talking to people and saying, so tell me, what's your goal? And them lying to me saying, oh, I just want to, you know, I just want so to move my body. <laughs> I, I just needed a little, uh, you know, um, hobby. And I'm thinking to myself, I know that you want to get in better shape. Mm -hmm. I know that you want to get healthy. Mm -hmm. What I want to know is why is it important now? Right. Right. But because there's shame, no one will come and say, hey, yeah. I need to lose 50 pounds. Because, like, I am not happy, right. right? It is impacting my mental well-being. I'm overwhelmed all the time. I'm filled with anxiety over time, all the confidence. time. I don't have confidence. I'm constantly out of breath. I'm constantly, like, like you know, looking at clothes and not being able to fit in the way I want to fit. And that just, you know, devastates me. That, that honesty, that declaration of, like, I'm tired of this is how you actually break through, yeah. right? And I think talking about it is super important. But I think the way that lady respond 
in saying why he's so rude is because it was shame. Right. Well, okay. So let me ask you this then. When it comes to you talking to your kids about weight, what do you remember like your mom saying about being healthy or being on a diet or like I got to go on a diet? I remember my mom on a diet often, Mm -hmm. like trying to stay fit and trim, trying to I, I think that the word diet is probably something we shouldn't use. Right. But like we tried to do a good job of saying like, OK, how are we going to move our bodies today? Mm-hmm. What, what are we going to work out today? Like we got to stay healthy. So, you know, if we want to eat the donuts, we got to make sure we put in the work. Right? right. Like kind of just teaching this healthy lifestyle, which is not always easy. Right? right. But I guess the thing I'm trying to say is like if I'm a mom and I already am kind of struggling with making good, healthy choices. I have to still be responsible for how I show up with my daughters and teach my kids, whether that's, hey, you know, mommy feels really good when I move my body and I need to do a better job at eating more broccoli and making sure that I'm moving and like staying young and active so I can be around for a long time. Like, I think we need to have those conversations with our kids. So they can grow up to understand that health is important because let's be real. We have 175 students in passion to profit and we've spent a week now on health and wellness and having a fitness routine and making sure you put yourself first. And for some of the people in this course, it's their first time in 40 years making their health a priority. Yeah. So I think that it's fair to say that we should do a better job of parents of instilling those healthy habits and that self love in the early stages of raising children. Yeah, and here's the last thing I'll say about this. Your body can determine your state, right? And we've talked about this on our our coaching call. If I sit up, if I say, what does a person that's confident look like? And I told you to mimic that with Mm -hmm. your body, you would sit up straight, you you, you would change your posture, your chest would come up, your chin would go back. Mm -hmm. Like we know what it looks like. If I told you, what does a person who's strong look like, right? You would try to mimic that. And so when you get to your place and you're looking at, okay, if I want to change my mental state and I want to get in a better place mentally and physically, like getting out there, exercising, and then moving your body puts you in a different state. Mm-hmm. And so, so many people, especially in our in our world, we were just talking about this last night, like, like we live in a world that has moved away from a, like being a labor intensive world. We've moved into a knowledge place. And now we're moving out into a knowledge place to a creative space. Like we're constantly creating content and material to a place where soon, like only thing left after we create AIs and computers, do all a lot of the things that we do now, all we have left is like our emotions, mm-hmm. right? And so where is your emotional state going to be? if your body's not in the place where it needs to be, right? And so every time I see people start picking up weights or resistance and they get stronger, all of a sudden their mentality gets stronger, Mm -hmm. they're more resilient, they feel more happiness and joy. Like I think all those things are something you wanna talk about so that you can unlock and find the answers you need to get to a better place. Right, so all of that to say, find it in yourself and talk about it with your kids. (laughs) But I'm, I mean, this is specifically about like, have better conversations with your kids, I think, right? Because it starts in the home. It starts with your family. And then number six, the thing that we don't talk about that we desperately need to talk about. This comes up because it's death. Yep. And you have a lot to say about death. So I'll hurry up with my story and then throw it over to you. But when we were on the plane going to uh, Northern California for my sister's wedding, I sat next to a woman. I wasn't really in the talking mood, so didn't really say much. She mentioned something to me. I pulled my earplugs out and she started a lovely conversation. Her name was Heather. 
She said she was going to spend the weekend with some friends because she had lost her husband less than three years ago. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. What was his name? And she said, Tom. And I said, do you mind if I ask, like, you know, what happened to Tom? How did he pass? And she said, I don't mind, but thank you so much for your class and asking. And she proceeds to tell me Tom died of cancer. They got married later in life. They were married for 20 years, never had any kids. And she went through the pandemic without him. She starts crying. I start crying. It's this whole deep conversation. She says, I want to thank you so much for allowing me to talk about him. People think that when you lose someone, like they get weird about it and they don't know what to say, but they don't realize I want to talk about him. I want to keep him alive. I want to, you know, smile about the things that we did. And I had so much joy. I had tears streaming down my face. I was like, what is happening over there? And then she grabs me close and she says, you know, one day the people you love will die. We all know this. And, And I've talked about this many times on the podcast. It's the only promise God gives you. Mm -hmm. He never says you're going to find the love of your life and you guys will live happily ever after for the rest of your life. No, he basically says, I'll bring you into the world, give you life, but just know it's temporary. It's the only promise is that everybody you love, including yourself, will leave the earth at some point. But yet we question him when we lose our loved ones. How could God do this? And it's like, girl, I was just making good on my promises, right? So I say that to her and she says, that is such a lovely way of putting it. And she just goes on to say, you know, at some point you're going to lose some people that you love. And here's what I'll tell you. Look them deeply in their eyes every time you talk to them. Study your husband's eyes. Know what color his eyes are. She's like, talk to me. She goes, your eyes are cinnamon. (laughs) And she's like talking to me. And I am sobbing. I don't even know how she sees my eyes because all I could think about it is, is like, when was the last time I deeply looked into your eyes? When do I know what the color of my daughter's eyes are? Like, and I'm just thinking I'm full of regret right now, like not knowing. Yeah. And she's like looking me dead in my eyes. She said, always look people in their eyes like it's the last time you're going to see them because you want that photo to be seared into your brain. I love that. So you never forget. I was a mess. I know. I was like, what is happening? You're yeah. like, look me in my eyes. And you're like, your eyes are black. And I, I was know. like. But the point is, is we need to have conversations with our children while they're young about death. And yeah. I think one of the best ways to start it is that life is not promised. Um, as a matter of fact, do you want to show your you bought this thing? TikTok made you buy it recently. Oh, TikTok, yeah. It's called 4K Weeks. Yes. Yeah, Explain four, it. It's 4,000 weeks. So the average human being leaves, lives about 4,000 weeks, which is about, what, I think, 76 years or something mm-hmm. to that effect. And... What this is, is basically you bubble in like every week that is completed. Mm-hmm. And so when you bubble in, like you're working off of um, 4,000 bubbles, 4,000 bubbles. But when you order it, it comes and like we're in our like, 40s. It, so it asks for your birthday. It asks for all that information. And then when you get it, it already has a good portion of like your entire life bubbled in. Yeah. Which is very shocking. Uh-huh. Like you look at it, and you go. Oh my God, I've used so much of these bubbles, mm-hmm. right? I got to get moving on the things I want to get out right. of this life that I, I so get. So every week you get a Sharpie and you bubble off another week. Yeah. And it's interesting because like our bubbles come down to the 40s and then we we ordered one that has bubbles to your 100. Because we're optimistic. Well, <laughs> also because my grandmother's 94 years old. Yeah. So I'm going to probably be around for a while, right? And so um, it puts life into perspective though. Like you're, you're right. almost halfway done. Jordan looks at it and she says, wow, 
I'm not a very significant part of your bubbles. <laughs> and I thought it was so funny. So anyways, if you're interested in looking, it's called 4K Weeks. And I believe we have an affiliate code if you want to go order one. Oh, and, really? Yeah, use Pusher. Because I thought it was so cool that I sent them an email raving about the product. And I was like, everybody I know needs to have this. But I wouldn't buy it for someone over 65 because I feel like it would make you freak out. I don't out. know. I think maybe it needs you to kick in your gear. I think death yeah. can be an amazing motivator. I'm going to get one for my dad. You know? And I think that oftentimes, I think, I mean, besides the story you're talking about right now, which is I think is super heart-filling. Heart and, and I think that. You know, when you lose someone, it's significant and it, and it hurts. You miss them. And, and we've talked about like, like what death means to people. And mm -hmm. some people can't even talk about it. Yeah. Like, and, and I used to mess with the kids all the time, especially if they didn't give me a hug or they, they left. And I would say, you know, I could die today. Right. Right. And they would say, don't say that. I'm like, no. But it's true. It's true. Yeah. Like, I don't. I didn't, who promised me today? Yeah, so we tease them. Like, okay, right, well, we that was a them. shitty ass hug that you gave me. If that's yeah. your last time ever hugging me, well, you gonna live that's with that. That's on you, yeah. yeah. And I hope I hope you wake right. up in the middle of the night crying, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that we need to do a better job as parents of talking to our kids yeah. about death because it is unfortunate, but everybody that your children love, at some point, we're gonna lose them. Yeah. And I think if we frame it from a perspective of, you know, life is beautiful, but it's short and it's unpredictable. And we have to know that it's the only promise that we're here for a temporary amount of time. I think that it helps you. I'm, I'm not saying it'd be easy if I lost anyone that I loved, but I think it would help me arrive at acceptance quicker if I had that mindset. If my mm -hmm. parents like taught me, like, Yes, it can be sad. And yes, you're going to have emotions. And yes, you're going to miss that person. But it won't be God's fault. It won't be like we don't have to find right. blame for this. Right. Um, it's just unfortunate. But that's the promise that we have. And but so it I also, think we got to talk about it. It also speaks to like the emotional intelligence piece, because if the last thing you did was lose your shit on someone and you knew like you can die right after this yeah. conversation. Like, would that be the one thing you want to be, uh, you know, remembered by, yeah. right? Like right now for people like listening to this, what would you be remembered by? Yeah. Like, would it be that last time you lost your shit? Would it be the fact that you did look in someone's eyes and you knew the color of their, of their eyes? What would it be? Yeah. And I think that when you think about your legacy and you think about like how to live your life, I, there's a quote I wrote down that says, it takes your whole life to learn how to die. Mm. And when you think about that, it's like, you die well when you live well. Mm. And I think that dying means that, like, how will you be remembered and how will people carry on the things that were important to you? And that, that all those things matter. But if you don't talk about it, then one, you don't get the urgency that death can create. So what this 4,000 weeks does is like creates urgency. You go, like, this is not infinite. Well, the first thing I thought is, shit, I got to find a Sharpie and every <laughs> Sunday I'm going to have to do this and I don't want the bubbles to be filled in, right? Right. And so I think we're going to put it up on the wall and we're going to start filling them out every Sunday. And every Sunday, like today, I was already like, we're cleaning up our field, our food. Mm -hmm. I made meals for us like that thing. Last night we opened it. And today I'm like, everybody needs one. And also, yeah, my bubble, when I fill it in on Sunday, I'm going to be so freaking accomplished. Yeah. And so I think it, it, I'll leave it at that. I think that life is, is super short. Uh, it's why well, I say this life is long enough if you treat it the right way. Mm. Right. And the only thing that we have of great value that is unpredictable is time. And so I think that we need to treat it as if it's the most treasured thing out there and use it wisely and, and try to do some great things in this world. Well, I'm looking you in your eyes in case this is the last time. 
Um, but you know, I want to let you know every night when we kiss goodnight, I think, Lord, please wake my husband up in the morning. Oh, thank you. I do think that. Yeah. And then I've said it before, like the next day, you know, if someone says, how are you today? I mean, God woke up everybody I love today. I'm, yeah. I'm great. Yeah. Right. And not taking that for granted. So yeah. if you're interested, it's 4kweeks.com. I think I'll put it in the show notes and just use the code pusher. But I think that we need to have some urgency, especially because we're setting goals. The new year is coming. We want to do all this stuff. Well, your bubbles are filling in and you might not have as much time as you think. Yeah. And we could do a whole episode on death because I think there's something really special about it. So maybe we'll do Yeah, you love different. death. Yeah. So again, just to kind of wrap it up, things that we want you to have better conversations, especially in your household, sex, money. Uh, race and history, let's say, emotional intelligence, your health and weight, and death. All right, push through. Let's do it. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review leave your handle and until next time push through